So good evening everyone, welcome, thank you for coming, some of you from, from far away. So we've been discussing the Dhammadarastakam by the inspiration of Gurangi Priya and we'll continue to do that tonight. Uh, of course some of you may have ended the Kartik uh, Brat, uh, what, yesterday, at the Kadasi can be started on the Ekadasi and ended, or on the full moon, which is still coming a few days. And since we're still in the middle, we'll go to the full moon. Well, I won't be here that long, but <laughs> this may be the last, uh, the last talk on the Dhammadarastakam. So we aren't going to be able to finish it. We're doing one, one or so a night with an interruption last night, given that it was the Tirubhav of Gorkashodas Babaji Maharaj, and we honored that by... Uh, speaking in praise of him, but verse 4 and verse 5 are connected and they're followed in an interesting way, an important way, connected uh, and followed by verse um, 6. So we may get that far. Many important points to be drawn from this prayer of Satyabhat. Muni and a prayer, as I said before, my introductory talk was drawn from Padma Purana by Sanatana Goswami, who searched out all the Shastras comprehensively to draw out the essence of them, which is bhakti, and to demonstrate that that's what they were all pointing to, either directly or indirectly. And this particular song, poem, of the, of the Muni, he has um, 
recommended us to sing in the month of Kartik. Uh, so it's a very important uh, prayer and very very deep. And as I said, uh, I think in my beginning talk that the verses are somewhat of a progression of realization that uh, we find going through them. And we'll see that here in these these verses, 4, 5, and 6 in particular. And the implication is that it took a long time to write this. These realizations didn't come one hour after the next, but ages and ages and ages. Shri Krishna Sankirtan Ki Jai is such a blessing then we may go a little more quickly if we take advantage of that. And something about that will will come up here as well tonight. So text four, verse four, he says, Idam te mukambojamat. No, oh, excuse me, verse four, that's five. Varam Deva Moksham, Namoksham Badimba, Matyanam Vineham Bareshad Opiha. So he says here that he is not interested in moksha, liberation. He has no interest in this. And moksha vadimba, neither he has interest in in the highest ideal of moksha, which is the attainment of Vaikuntha. Nor does he have interest in any other boon, the implication of which is that might be achievable by Navalakshan Bhakti, which is the means to attain Vaikuntha. Navalakshan Bhakti means Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu Smaranam, Pada Sevanam, Archanam, Bandanam, Dasim, Satyam, Atmani, Vedanam. You may know that when uh, Ranyakashipu asked his son what was the best thing he had learned in school, this is how he replied. The best thing I've learned is hearing and chanting about and remembering about Krishna and so forth. Hearing, chanting, remembering, offering prayers, servitorship, um, archan, friendship of the Lord. And surrendering everything, Atmanivedan. So this is called Navalakshan Bhakti. Nine limbs of Bhakti. Of course, in other places we find, for example, in Shirupas, <sighs> Bhakti Rasamrita Sin is 64 limbs of Bhakti, where these are included within it. But these are singled out and are very important and, and uh, spoken to us, as I say, by, by Parlad. A very, very important devotee who in the scheme of things in the hierarchy of penetration in tran- into transcendence stands at the, at the doorway where all selfish material desires are uh, left behind and he um, then points us in the direction of progressive diminishing even of spiritual selfishness so there may be a kind of spiritual Selfishness or sense of self that is uh, maintained in uh, within transcendence, and uh, Bhagavatam, of course, is taking us progressively beyond all that to to the bridge where there's no no concern for oneself. To give, a, of course, a, briefly to help illustrate this point, the contrast is considerable between the disposition of Rukmini and the bridge Sundaris, the uh, beautiful milk maidens of Vrindavan. Rukmini Devi, she wanted to marry Krishna. And 
the same time she had been betrothed to another. This was a problem for her. So what did she do? She wrote a message to Krishna and she gave it to a Brahmin and said, please take this to Krishna. In the letter, in the letter she petitioned Krishna, please come and kidnap me. It's a kind of Vedic marriage to kidnap. If a king can do so or a prince successfully, then more to him, more power to him, something like that. So she wanted to sweep in and on the, like the outer rim of socially acceptable and uh, religious activities to kidnap her and marry her. The point being that uh, she couldn't just get up and walk out and run to him because that would not be uh, appropriate by Vedic law, by the Dharma. She couldn't cross over that. Krishna encourages us to cross over the law. And the best example of this, of course, in, in many respects, she has done that. She's a goddess of fortune. But to make comparison, the best example of such, the highest ideal, the full expression of, uh, or response to that flute sound, the clarion call of Krishna, as Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthita some two times referred to this verse of the Gita, Sarvadharman Puritya Mami Kam Saranam Braja. The best example of this is the Brajsundaris themselves, who, who they didn't, they knew it was against the Dharma, and it was, it was uh, socially unacceptable, not permissible, and condemnable for that matter, to leave in the dead of night to meet with Krishna, answer to the sound of the call of his flute, given their they were betrothed to others, they were married to others, they were had social and religious responsibilities, and this was outside of the norm, and prohibited, and sinful. And Krishna says, sin, and it come to me, don't worry. So, in the highest sense here, it's played out by the Brajasundaris. They didn't hesitate, like Rukmini. Hesitated, so she had some sense of self and dignity that she needed to preserve. But the gopis, they didn't care. Let it be trampled on. Let people think whatever they think. We're going, something like that. So, this is a very uh, compelling example. They said there were a thousand and eight reasons, as they said before, that they should have stayed, but they didn't listen to their head. They didn't listen to the law. They listened to the through the heart, their own hearts, they heard their sound of their names in the flute call of Krishna, and the answer to that, they went. And there they found, they didn't know anybody else was going, the neighboring girl was going to go, my friend was going to go, they didn't wait for anybody, they just went. And of course they found others went also. And there they found the real group. That's the group to join. <laughs> Groups are meant for fostering this kind of thinking, feeling, this kind of devotion. And as much as they do in any one, that one and another one and another group, they have a, they're in a group of their own that transcends what the group is meant to, to foster. We should make a connection like this, a heart connection. And we call it Krishna consciousness, not uh, any form of society consciousness, sarva-dharman,
Mamikam Saranam Brajan. So, uh, this Navalakshan Bhakti of Prahlad is, uh, and Prahlad is the example of the beginning, the no material selfishness. And then, as I say, it, it goes up from there. He, at any rate, is important to us as he is, because we cannot go there without crossing through the realizations of Prahlad. We have to cross through that. He has recommended this wonderful Navalakshan Bhakti, by which Vaikuntha can be attained in other boons, and, and which, in fact, is better than Vaikuntha. So there's a gradation here in what the Muni is saying. He says, I don't want moksha, and he goes higher. Neither do I want the highest ideal of moksha, which is attainment of Vaikuntha. Moksha means, from the perspective of the Bodhi, is a very insignificant thing. Moksha means that there will be as much happiness in an attainment in which the happiness will be merely the end of suffering. So this is a very neutral, content-neutral kind of happiness. It doesn't have anything really positive in it. It's very, very small. And Rupa Goswami has stressed this. Nata Goswami has stressed this. In, in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, then in Brihat Bhagavatamrita, of course, Nata Goswami, and Jiva Goswami following their lead in, in the Priti Sandarbha, diminishing the... Uh, giving us a perspective on the bliss of Brahman and the bliss and the, the amount of ananda in the jiva and what the jiva's potential is independent of the saruk shakti that comes to us through Guru Parampara that the bhakti is constituted of. Very small, they say, very insignificant. More or less it amounts to just an end of suffering, which might seem like a big thing for those of us that are suffering. But sadhakas, of course, they don't suffer. And that's the point. What? That moksha is a small thing. When we come to the moksha of Vaikuntha, then we're getting somewhere, something positive. You know, but that charge Sarvabhoma, after his liberation, for the grace of Sriman Mahaprabhu, the very word mukti, which is synonymous with moksha, was unpalatable to him. He was a mokshavadi previously, and now he'd become a bhakta. And so he was a scholar as well. And going over the Bhagavad, he came across a well-known verse. Tate nu kampam susamikshamana munjane evatma kritam vipakam hridvagvapu vihridam namaste jiveto yo mukti pade sadaya bhag. And mukti pade, it says, he crossed out the word mukti and he wrote in bhakti. Bhakti Pade, said Ayabhak. Then he showed it to Mahaprabhu. Mahaprabhu said, what are you doing? You can't cross out the word in the Bhagavatam. It's called interpolation. You can't do that. And he explained, but I, this is, I can't stand this word, mukti. This was the way in which Mahaprabhu tested, actually, he was in the, in the process of testing the measure of the Bhattacharya's conviction. He tested it in relation to karma and in relation to jnana. The uh, principles governing eating and sleeping and all, and all these things from Dharma Shastra, first you should rise and you should do this. He tested that. Hmm? He came to Sarvabhoma early in the morning bearing a handful of Jagannath Prasad, Jagannath Swami, if you die. And 
He woke Sarvabhauma up with his own enthusiasm. I brought you some prasad. And Sarvabhauma just got up and honored the prasad. He didn't wash his hands first, take baths, and follow all the proper necessary uh, procedures given in Dharma Shastra. This is for karma marg. Mahaprabhu is testing him. Gyan karmadi anavritam. They say this is the marginal characteristic of Shuddha Bhakti. Gyan karmadi anavritam. It's not covered by gyan or by karma. That means here in relation to Sarvabhauma, he was found not to think that if he didn't perform this karmic, dharmic duty and ritual, there would be a problem in his life. One who thinks like that, his bhakti, even if they do, he or she does bhakti, is covered by karma. But we want anavritam, uncovered by that. So, and that is, that is all, again, the Gita, sarvadhanman purityajam amekam saranam braja. And we think, if I don't do this as it's stated in the karma mark, which religious people, of course, generally are coming out of the, out of dharma jignasu into brahma jignasu and into rasa jignasu, inquiring about being religious and they're following all the codes for human society and uh, there are many of them, it's the whole varnashram system and everything. Uh, to think that if I don't do that, something will be lacking then one does not have adhikar, faith, the eligibility for bhakti. Verse in the Gita is the beginning of bhakti. Sarvadhanman prachajaka We can talk about it as if it's the end or the, the full surrender of the gopis, so to speak. But charanagati is really a small thing compared to their prem. But, but charanagati is there, underlying their prem. Surrender is underlying. The charanagati and shraddha are more or less synonymous. So, you have faith in what Krishna says, and you can, uh, you are surrendered to him. Ekam mam, mam ekam, sharanam, me alone, no one else. You don't have to do anything else for your life to be perfect. So, Sarvam was tested, and he passed the test. He just got up and took the Jagannath Prashad, and he sang songs in praise of Jagannath Prashad, and so Mahaprabhu was very happy. And then he comes to be tested in relation to Ganmarg. Mahaprabhu was in his heart, inspiring all these things. So, Gan, Mukti, he crosses out the word Mukti. He can't stand it. <laughs> because it, it brings, to, conjures up in his mind the thought that, of what, that most people have of Mukti, which, in which there's no scope for Bhakti. So he finds it unpalatable, un- crosses it out and writes, Bhakti Pade But Mahaprabhu says you can't change the Bhagavatam. That's not a good thing to do. Understand it like this. Mukti Pade means Mukti at the feet of the Lord. So this is uh, Mokshada Advim here he says here. A full idea of Moksha. Moksha, liberation at the feet of the Lord. Where there is scope for Bhakti. Because if you're at his feet then he's there, you're there. And there's some service to render, is the idea. So Sarvabhama passed the test. His bhakti wasn't covered by gyan nor by karma. He was a shuddha bhakta. Shuddha bhakti comes at when sharanagati is complete, at ruchi, the stage of ruchi. And bhakti is shuddha. And this is what the rishi here is, his verse here is, is epitomizing. He's saying, namoksham, namokshabadimba, nachamyam vrneham. 
I don't want liberation. I don't want attainment of Vaikuntha. I don't want any other boon. And to make it extreme and make it a progression, the implication is I don't even want, any boon could be any boon, any material boon. But I don't even want whatever could be attained by hearing and chanting. Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Smaranam. Which means to say that in terms of looking at this as a progression, that hearing and chanting, Navalakshan Bhakti, is, as I said earlier, superior to Vaikuntha because we have examples of that in the Bhagavatam, don't we? What are the examples? I'll tell you one. Chitraketu. Shiva said about him, when Parvati cursed him, he embraced the curse. Mahadev said, look at the devotees of Narayan. Svarga apavarga narayake shu. If they can do bhakti unto you, they don't, it doesn't matter if they're liberated by kunta or not, whether they're in heaven or hell makes no difference to them. So, hearing and chanting, that makes Vaikuntha everywhere. And so in this sense, it's, it's the idea here is it's, it's even transcendent, higher, more, uh, more desirable than attainment of Vaikuntha. So he said, I don't want that, I don't want anything else. This is similar to Mahaprabhu's verse in Shikshastakam, of course, that epitomizes Ruchi Bhakti, Shuddha Bhakti. Nadanam Najanam Nasundurim Kavitam Bhadragadishakamaye Mama Janmani Janmanishpare. I don't want any followers, I don't want uh, any connection with the opposite sex, I have a sense of neediness or anything like this. I don't want Nadanam Najanam Nasundurim even knowledge, poetry, to be a big poet, and so many things. He's saying, I don't want anything, he said. I don't want anything. Amikichu China, Amikichu China. If you, people ask you, have you, what have you attained in all this? If you can say, I don't want anything, then you've gone a long way, or still a long way to go, but that's a big leap. Again, that's where Prahlad is, I don't want anything. He wants more than that, but very clearly, I don't want anything, he told the Sringadeva. I don't want anything, I don't want anything. And the Sringadeva is testing him. Take something, I'm here, I'm Bhagwan. I've come, and in a form I've never been seen before, and I'm, this is my business, I come, I bless, take something. No, I don't want anything. Take it! And he keeps offering, he, he, studied there. he keeps refusing and refusing, refusing. Hmm? Nothing for himself. So, Amikichu Jaina, I don't want anything. You have to kind of be emptied out in order to be filled up. This is the idea. We should empty ourselves out in the context of aspiring to be filled up, and that's what we find going on here. So when he says, I don't want any of these things, then he says, well, wait, the only question, well, what, you don't want anything? But what, you don't want any of these things? What, what do you want? I don't want any boon. Idam te vapurnata vopalabalam sadame manasi avirastam kemanyai Hey, this is Vatsalibhav. This Vatsalgabhav, or parental affection, is probably nowhere brought out more than in this Dhamadar Leela. It covers several chapters of the Bhagavatam, from the cursing of the, of the um, uh, sons of Kuver by Narada, through the, uh, the chastising and tying of Krishna to the breaking of the Jamalarjuna trees, to the astonishment that... Uh, this brings to all the inhabitants of Vrindavan and how they deal with it and so forth. And so, of course, in the text, in the context of discussing these verses, we were taken into the Leela 
to one extent or another, and we've discussed it uh, to, uh, somewhat. And so you know, this is this is what it's about. He's he's this Muni has this this desire. This is what he wants. He wants what Salya Bhakti. So this is not a man woman thing. Women get the gopis and men become the cowherds or something like that. This is the business of the, for the soul. It's beyond man woman consideration. It's the life of the soul. And what will that be? What will be your prospect? Nam chintamani. That is one answer. From nam, you can get what you want. In one sense, Gaudiya Vaishnava says, just do your own thing. But it prefaces it by saying, but know who you are, what you are. You're not matter, as you understand that, in the context of cultivating love for Krishna, then the heart becomes clean. And this is what's happening here to the moon. You see, he doesn't want anything. He doesn't want anything means heart is clean, heart is clear. And when the heart is clear, Jiva Goswami gives the example of spotikmani, a, a crystal, your heart like a crystal. So a crystal, if it's placed next to a red rose, it will become red, right? What do we find in Srimad Bhagavatam? In the Vastanade Shloka, the Bhagavatam, the verse of the Bhagavatam that gives a summary of what the whole text is about. This is the second verse of the Bhagavatam. What is said there? Dharma projita kaita gotra paramo nirmatsaranam satam vedyam vastava matra vastu shivadam tapatrayonulanam Srimad Bhagavate Mahamunikrite Kimbapara Rishpara Sadyo Hridaya Vrudya Tetra Ketivihi Susprusavis Takshana Sadyo Hridaya Vrudya Tetra That one, among other things, the verse says, one desiring to study the Bhagavatam, to that person, Krishna becomes arrested within his heart, captured in his heart. And then you might think, what's the subject of the Bhagavatam? that it causes Krishna to respond like this. And, of course, the Gaudiya people, they have brought this all out. Sometimes they refer to it as Srimad Bhagavatam, indicating that it is the Bhagavatam of, in relation to Sri, the Bhagavat Krishna in relation to Sri, whereby he becomes, as we've heard here in Damanarastakam also, Gokule Brajamanam, in the first, where he becomes more beautiful, shining in the light of his Shakti. And his principal shakti means Radha. So Bhagavatam is about Krishna falling in love, taken by Radha. It's about Radha. Sometimes we call it the Radha Bhagavatam. It's another way of saying Srimad Bhagavatam, rather than the Bhagavat Purana, the old Bhagavat. It is the new Bhagavat. Bhagavat is like the New Testament of all the sacred texts of India. It gives a new and revolutionary idea. So here in this verse... We get some inkling, wow, the topic of this must be extraordinary, that somebody just desiring to read it, Krishna becomes captured in their heart and can't get out, arrested there. Of course, then we say, well, it didn't happen to me. <laughs> I desire to read. So Jiva Goswami has qualified the statement in his explanation. He says, well, if it's taken in the extreme sense, as I'm explaining it, this refers to those whose hearts are clean. So we come to bhakti from different places, from desire to get something, arto jignasu artarti gyani chabaratarshava, as the Gita says. You, find, you may have read Jayadharma of, of Thakur Bhakti, you know it, the two principal characters there. We have uh, Vijay Kumar and Brajanath. And 
speedily they go through the process of stages of bhakti. One of them represents jignashu and one of them represents jnani. That they're coming to bhakti from this background. Sincere seeker, inquirer, and this is the main principle, motivation, the only motivation in, in his heart, and one who's in knowledge. They both were well-read in the Bhagavatam. That's why Gurudev asked them, so, what is your aspiration? You've read the Bhagavatam? Many, many times we've read the Bhagavatam. Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya. We attended to this. Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya. This, this, this is the mandate of the Bhagavad itself, and we have embraced it. And what is the, the therefore, what is the result? Nastaprayeshu abadreshu nityam bhagavata sevaya By regular service to the Bhagavatam, reading it, studying it, getting, finding the company of people who are discussing this. Look what Sanatana Goswami did. He surrounded himself with pundits to discuss the Bhagavatam from so many angles of vision. This is what he was arrested for. He's the architect of the Sampradaya. He set this kind of example. He's the most learned scholar of the Bhagavatam. It's not the Goswami. Amongst everybody in the Sampradaya. We're all following his lead. He's shown everything we, we find in Bhagavatam. We claim to be there. He's shown it all. What a, what an extraordinary uh, uh, contribution to the religious world he's made. Sanatana Goswami, Prabhu Kijai, who's, who's great, we're studying this Dhammadarastakam. So these, these two, Bijai Kumar, Brajnath, they had studied the Bhagavatam. They followed this Nityam Bhagavata Seva. And what is the result? Nasta Prayeshu Abhadreshu. Heart becomes practically clean. Like a box of camphor. You've taken the camphor out. Maybe there's a scent still there, but there's no camphor there. And that will go away in time. The fire of desire that fuels the material life. Sangsara dhavanala. Vidhaloka. That makes us, that amounts to the suffering of material existence. It's a, it's a, it's a metaphysical uh, problem. It's, a, it's desire. It's a metaphysical fire. A fire of desire in, in their life by studying the Bhagavatam, it went out. Maybe there's some smoke lingering, but the fire's out. Out. And that will go away in due course. This is Nastapayeshu Abhadreshu. Practically all inauspicious things gone. And practically, for all intents and purposes. This is the result of studying. And therefore, they were asked by the Buddha, so what, what, how do you feel? How do you feel? And one said, I feel like I'd like to tend cows for Krishna. Like Subal, when the cow gets lost and runs away. I want to go and, under the pretense of bringing, bringing the cow back and, and rendezvous with Radha for the sake of mitigating Krishna's separation from her. Bring a message. Send a message back. This is my how I feel. See, this will happen if you study the Bhagavatam. This is the idea. Shravanam Kirtanam. Nitya Siddha Krishna Prem Sadhya Kabunai. Shravanadi Sudha Chitte. Kore Udoi. Shravanadi Sudha Chitte. When through Shravanadi means hearing, chanting, remembering, the Sudha Chitte, the Chitte becomes Sudha, the heart, the esoteric heart, Chitta, Cheto, 
chitta, darpana, marjana, it becomes clean. Mahaprabhu says, like a mirror. It's like a, like a crystal. Then it reflects the image of my heart's ideal and my highest prospect. I can see it and glimpse it in my heart. Another other said, Vijay Kumar said, Oh, I read the Bhagavatam. That makes me think like this. I would like to be the handmaiden of Radha and assist in the union of Radha and Govinda. So, Goswami said, Yes, very good. You're reading Bhagavatam very nicely. So, come with me and we talk about this. And I'll give you the Diksha Mantra and we can proceed. So they go very quickly. See, they had a clean heart. So, Jesus Goswami says, This Vastanadesh verse of Bhagavatam says that Krishna will be arrested in your heart by those who want to just read it or study it a little bit or are enthusiastic to read. That will happen very quickly for them. Otherwise, if I have other things in our heart, implication is it may take a little longer, but not that much longer if you apply yourself. These things are not out of reach. Don't think like that. Oh, only Prabhupada could do. Only Mother Yashoda could do. Who are we? I said of the night, Krishna's doing this for the sake of Mother Yashoda. We make an inspiration from her example, her, her, her dedication, her commitment, her effort. But then we maybe lose enthusiasm think, but she's Mother Yasoda. How can I? She's supposed to be an example of effort. And she was a queen, and the queen is not meant to be running around and, and uh, doing the kind of things that she did to, uh, to capture Krishna. But the, all the maidservants were gone for the arranging for the Indra Puja and so forth. The point is that she's personally boiling them because this was not her ordinary duties. So she's making a big effort. But then, we, as I say, we made it, but you showed them, I mean, how, how am I supposed to be like her? You tell me that her is a good example of effort, but sure for her, you know, she loved Krishna, so <laughs> what about me? So, Sanatana Prabhu has told us another thing, he says, what? Well, there's another reason that Krishna allowed himself to be tied up also. Only Krishna does any reason that he does anything is because of the bhakti of his devotees. There's another devotee, Narada. He's a sadhana siddha, not a nitya siddha, a sadhana siddha. And he cursed the, the sons of Kuber, and in the context of the curse, he gave them a blessing, and I have to fulfill the, uh, the, the, the blessing, the, the desire of Narada. Narada desired their well-being. Although he cursed them to become trees, he cursed them to become trees in the courtyard of Nanda Maharaj and tower up above like this and see so many pastimes in that courtyard and become purified. That was his desire. And Krishna's fulfilling the desire of a sadhana siddha. And then if they say, well, great, sadhana siddha, but I may be a sadhaka, but I'm not a sadhana siddha. How is Krishna going to pay attention to me? What kind of effort can I do to get his mercy? Then we can go further. Another reason Krishna did it, what is that? Another reason Krishna did it is because Nala Kuvera and Manigriva, they were sons of Kuvera. And Kuvera is a devotee of Krishna. I said, oh, they're sons of my devotee. For the sake of Kuvera, because Kuvera likes them, then I'll bless them. Krishna's moved, that means by his devotee. So in the last resort, we said, well, okay, I can make this effort, attach myself to a real devotee. <laughs> then I know Krishna's attention will come to me. Is that so hard? And this is also Nityam Bhagavata Sevya, because there are two kinds of Bhagavata. 
Book Bhagwat and Person. That's right. Devotee Bhagwat. So it, we get this and maybe hard to study Bhagwat. You must say, Well, I can't study marginal so many shlokas, I can't then attach yourself to someone who is a Bhagwat, who loves the Bhagwat, in whom you trace out that that person, he or she is preoccupied with this thing, living in that, in, in that. Attach yourself to such a person, and Krishna's favor will come to you. Don't be discouraged. This thing is not so far away. It's within your grasp. We've come so far, so far, to get a human life, such a far distance to come. And in that human life, sadhusanga. Oh, that's a huge distance. How many humans have don't have sadhusanga? So, so much value we should put on that. By this human life, sadhusanga, e baba, taraha baba sindure. You can cross over the ocean of material existence very easily. Very easily. So much effort has been made by other devotees to make it easy for us. Like the Goswamis, they like, they took the jewels and drilled holes in them to make a garland of jewels. They left us with the task of simply putting the thread through the holes. To drill a hole in the stone, that will be hard. To thread, that is not such a hard thing. They made it easy for us. So many jewel-like ideas from the scriptures they brought out and they're shedding light, inspiring us if we, if we hear them and so forth. So. We should be encouraged. This is within our grasp. Attach yourself to a Bhagwat. Study Srimad Bhagwat under the guidance of that Bhagwat. And in your heart, Krishna will be arrested. Krishna will come. And how he will come in a particular way. Like here, he's coming in the heart of the Muni. Patsalya Bhav. Sakya Bhav. Gopi Bhav. We find these things in Jaiva Dharma. One wanted Sakyabhav, one Gopibhav, and Nam Jintamani. Nam will cleanse the heart, and Nam Jintamani means you can get whatever you want from that name. Don't want anything, take the name, and some desire will come naturally. For the most part, we'll be influenced by our association. They will have much to do with our uh, ambition as it arises in the heart. So this is happening to the Muni here. He says, what do I want? I want Gopal Gopal, the child Gopal, in my, to, to be manifest in my heart. It means, I want that Paramatma out. Out! Get out! Hmm? I want him out. I want Bal Gopal in my heart. I'm finished with the world that the Paramatma has jurisdiction over. The world of material desire. This is his jurisdiction. And finished with that world, there's no longer any need for him to be in my heart. Get out. Balgopal, come within. It means also, he's saying, I want my, my practice, my spiritual practice to be such that it brings about the desired effect of arresting the mind, which is sometimes called the reflection of the heart, if you will. And these are just kind of metaphysical terms here. We're not talking about materially speaking mind stuff or the heart, but metaphysically speaking. Arrest the mind. Well, it really does arrest the mind, but by appearing in the heart. And this is what you want from your practice, right? You don't want your practice, but your mind's going everywhere. You want it to be arrested and it goes within and then you can 
Sometimes you can do it, then you just kind of close your eyes on the whole world. If you feel a little something real, then you can just close your eyes and go within and sit and chant. And you don't have to look at what's happening, what time is it, and is the sun up yet, or this or that. And I have to do this service, I should do that service. Service is going on. Darshan in the heart. That service also, to look at Krishna's service. What about that? To see him in the mind's eye. This is how Krishna is seen, for the most part. If we see the deity, if we have darshan, we go and we feel the deity actually showing himself, right? Sometimes. not. We don't always feel like that. We've got so many other things on our mind. Sometimes even we have things on our mind. He forces his way in. Such mercy. He shows himself. And you see him smiling. Or he may say something to you. Like we heard that uh, my god was in your goon. He was holding a govardhan. And he said, the govardhan said, take a piece of me and get out of here. And so he was just leaving the world. Take residence at Govardhan and get out of this world. Then he left the world minutes later. So nobody else in the room heard him say it. Right? So where is it going on? It goes on within. You see it, but it happens within. And this is the teaching of, we find, Sanatvaswami's labored hard to make this point in Brihat Bhagavatamrita at a certain stage of devotion. When Gopakumar went to Tapalok, he met uh, the rishis there, and Gopakumar had an ambition. To, he wanted to see Krishna, see Gopal in front of him. And they said, well, you don't see him like that. You see him inside, within. Within, that's how you see him. And there's a long philosophical explanation and so forth. And, and how accomplishing this inner vision, he explained there, this is, this is the goal. Senses are controlled, which are using, you're being used for hearing, chanting, and so forth. And then, all turned within. But, um, we'll go on from there. Gopal Kumar wasn't entirely satisfied with that. He didn't stay in Tapalok, did he? But here the Rishi is at this stage. He wants Krishna to appear in his heart. Then he goes on to the next verse. He says what? He says, Idam te mukam nila vritam kundalais A nice description of Krishna. Hair and his uh, his face and, and um, he says that just as that Gopi Tashoda is seeing you and he's describing that uh, and I want to kiss your lips. Imagine what an audacious thing! To, I want to kiss your lips. You won't think of the deity. I want to kiss your lips. That's how we say. He says it right here. Mushkumbitam bimba rakta. Again and again on Kumbita, I want to kiss your lips. <laughs> which are red like the bimba fruit, which is a fruit that if you press on it, immediately juice comes out. <laughs> so, as soon as you press, juice comes out. So as soon as he presses lips, the juice comes out. This is how he's thinking. He doesn't want to go to Vaikuntha. Can <laughs> you imagine that? I want to kiss the lips of Narayan. They'll throw you out. Hmm? <laughs> Such a desire. This is the bold idea that's coming within him. Contemplating this Vatsalya Bhakti of Madhya, this whole Leela. His 
getting courage and he says, I want to kiss his lips just like Mother Yashoda. That's what I want to do. Like a mother kisses the lips of her. And gopis will kiss Krishna's lips. Mother Yashoda will. And his friends will only kiss his cheeks. That's another thing. But the lips, that's the Uvatsalya Bhakti and more for Madhurya Bhakti. So, at any rate, bold. And this is Svabhishtabhavamayi. Svabhishtabhavamayi means this is the desired mood that he has. And what he's saying by saying, I'm not interested in anything else, I'm not interested in hearing and chanting. It's not that he's not interested in hearing and chanting. He's interested in this desired mood that has come within him. He's interested in hearing and chanting in a particular way that will foster that mood. Sambandabhavamayi, that which is in relation to the bhavamayi. This is the central focus of Ragbhakti, as Vishwanath Chakravitaka has explained, that ambition. He has a desire to kiss the lips of Krishna. He has a desire. Of course, it doesn't come overnight, but that's why Raghunuga Bhakti doesn't, doesn't begin in day one. We are generous. We call it Ajata Ruchi Raghunuga Bhakti. Or we call it Vaidhi Bhakti, with a spirit to attain a taste, which is the, which is the basis of Rag, with, with a spirit, with an ideal to attain Braj Bhakti. That's also rag bhakti, but when taste comes, ruchi comes, and now here asakti is coming. Krishna is actually appearing in his heart in a form that corresponds with his love. He's getting a flash in the heart, and he's just about to attain bhava bhakti. He's entering into bhava bhakti. He wants to keep that impression in his heart, and he wants. To, so he's going to now cultivate the desired mood. Everything is revolved around this. So now his hearing, his chanting will revolve around that. In this kind of high bhakti that he's talking about, rag bhakti, he, he, central again is the, the cherished mood. This is so powerful because that mood that the devotee aspires for, what is it? It's the way in which Krishna's eternal associates are pleasing him like nobody else can. So it's not a selfish thing. They're pleasing him so nothing could please him more, Krishna, than the Prema Madhurja. There is no Lila Madhurja without Prema Madhurja, as we discussed the other night. The Prema Madhurja means the devotees with extraordinary love. The devotees love in Krishna, they're one and one and different. You can't have one without the other. So that's so please nothing more pleasing to Krishna than that. So if one gets an interest in that, then one's really interested in pleasing Krishna. Proper interest. Of course, Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasvatthaka was quick to say, first deserve, then desire. So, uh, But we should understand the ideal, the theory, the goal, the prayogen. You know, we didn't join this just to save people. We didn't join this to go back to Godhead. That's why you joined this, to go back to Godhead. That's what this is all about. And now's the time to go. As good a time as any. Now's the time to go. And the more you go, the closer you get, the more people are going to be inspired and saved by, by you. So don't forgo that in the name of saving somebody else. Just whatever. This is what it's about. Go back to Godhead. This will please Krishna. Going, but these people, they love Krishna, Krishna's friends, Krishna's mother, like, like, unbelievable. 
like we quoted the other day, Kunti Devi, reflecting on this, she said, I, my mind is absolutely boggled by this, to think how Krishna is actually afraid of Yashoda and crying. What kind of love she has for him, that he's forgotten his godhood completely, and he's actually afraid of her, that she's going to chastise him, catch him, whip him, tie him. Kunti Devi is about to faint. You see, these are luminaries in the Bhagavatam, Kunti, showing us not that we should follow her, but we should follow what she says, what she thinks, and how she looks back on that Leela of the Braj, Uddhava, so how he speaks about that. These people are all being drawn out of the Bhagavatam to focus our attention where it should be, where Mahaprabhu's attention was. So, he has this kind of ideal. So, in this kind of bhakti, we have the cherished, desired mood. This is the center. I want that. I want to please Krishna in that way. I think this is the best way, as they are doing. It's my guru they is doing, and I sense he has this sentiment, for example. I want that too. I want to follow him. All the scriptures say he's representing directly Bhagavan. But that's not the end of the story. King too, however, but Prabhu Ya Priyavatasya, he's dear to Krishna. He has a relationship with Krishna. He has a desired mood. And to follow that is to follow our Gurudev. No? Not just externally, but internally. To pursue that. So that there will come that inspiration in the devotee. And then all the Hearing and chanting will be revolved around that. There's Bhavad Mai, Avishta Bhava Mai, Svabhishta Bhava Mai, then Sambandha Bhava Mai, things that are in relation to that. So hearing and chanting is in relation, directly in relation to the desired mood and will foster it. Therefore you find Gopukumar is chanting certain names of Krishna, not just any name. We'll go into that, it comes in the next verse, but things in relation to that, and then there are things that are favorable to that, things that are neutral to that desired mood and things that are unfavorable. And all the limbs of bhakti given by Rupa Goswami should be analyzed in relation to, to these five. Desired mood, what's in relation to the desired mood and directly, what indirectly promotes it because it's favorable to it, what's neutral and what's unfavorable. This is what's really being talked about here. This is the, this is the stage of his bhakti. Now, in two verses here, here again he says, he says, this is the mood I want. I want this mood. And I want the Lord in my heart. Now, after yugas, he progresses further in his idea. We talked about darshan within, right? Being the, in the eye of the mind and the heart and, and how the senses become arrested and, and, and look within. No need to go out, sit peacefully. But I, I mentioned Gopu Kumar. He wasn't satisfied with the, what the rishis told him. Well, there's a lot of wisdom to that. But he sensed there's, a, there's, a, there's something else. I want Krishna standing right in, right in front of me. It's a big philosophical argument that uh, Sanatana Goswami goes through in this section of Brihad Bhagavatamrita, and you should study it in relation to these verses. Because now he says what? Namo Devo Dhamadaranamta Vishnu Prasida Prabhuduka Jalabhimagnam he says, I want to see him. 
right in front of me, like that, actually in front of me, in a way that, that other people would see him also if they were there. I think there's a place, he's saying, where this actually takes place, not just within, but outside, and everybody's seeing it. This is, this is Vaikuntha, and to a greater extent, of course, Goloka, this Leela in particular. You'll only find it in Goloka. So, how's he going to get there? How did Gopakumar get there? How did Gopakumar arrive in Goloka? He went all the way to Dwarka by other means. And from Dwarka he was sent back to earth, to Brajbhumi. And what advice did Nard and Uddhava give him? What will you do there in the Braj? Namsan Kirtan. Chant the favorite names of the Lord. So this is Samanda Bhavami, right? In names in relation to the desired mood. He was a Saka. And you find the names he chanted. And then you understand why he chanted those names. And in the context of doing that, that dhyan in the meditation will be accomplished on the leela and you'll go there. Skirtana Subhavi Smarana Subhavi. Where will you go? Where Krishna is standing, right there in front of you. And there he appeared in Golok, right? Krishna was coming back from herding the cows. Was he just seeing him in meditation? He was standing right there and Krishna fainted upon seeing him. And then everyone thought, is this some kind of demon sent from Mathura by Kamsa? Has caused Krishna to fall into a faint like this? And Gopal Kumar said, what did I do? And Krishna, come, of course, comes back to external consciousness, embraces him, and says, everybody's seeing it. This is what he wanted. This is what the Rishi wants now. And he knows how to get there. His bhajan has, has reached the point. He says, he comes to this, there's no better way and there's no other way. Hare-nam, 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 evo-kevalam. For that matter, no other way at any time, not just Kali Yuga, to enter this. This is what Mahabharata was taught, Namsan Kirtan. So, that's what he does. He says, Namo, Deva, Damodar, Ananta, Vishnu, Prasida, Prabhu. And then, by contrast, he, 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 he starts speaking about his own, own position. Dukkha. Jaladbi Magdam. I'm absorbed in an ocean of sorrow. And Kripadrishti Vrishjati. I want your mercy that I have your vision, even though I am Dinam, Ati Dinam. <laughs> Ati Dinam. I'm very, very fallen. In spite of that, I, I want this. This is nice, like we find in Shikshastakam also. How did Bhaktivinoda Thakur explain the uh, fifth verse of Shikshastakam that's describing this Asakti entering into Bhava? Bhaktivinoda Thakur, how does he comment on the verse? He comments with a prayer. Anadi karma phale jale. I have been an ocean of material existence since under the jurisdiction of karma since a time without beginning. And that whole, my whole sense of self based on attachment and desire. I'm entangled in that. Implication being, and this comes in the verse of Shikshastakam, Ayinanda Tanuja Kinkaram Patitam Maam Vishame Bhavam Buddho. I've been lost in an ocean of this birth and death. And the attachment and desire that formed my identity there 
Now I'm finding attachment to you in a particular way as you're appearing in my heart and it's creating an identity. It's awakening an identity, a form, a shape, a personality based on attachment, like our identity is based on attachment. This is attachment to Krishna. So he's reminding us this high state is about involves coming out of that ocean, really understanding the depths in which one is plunged and getting inspiration, negative inspiration, to get out. There's positive inspiration too. The nature of the Lord, who Ananta is unlimited. Deva. Deva means playful. God. It means God but playful, like we say Deva means playful Krishna. He wants this Krishna. He says, oh, he's doing Namsankirtan of name. He knows by taking the name. This is the most powerful form of sadhana. This is the most powerful way to foster my, my mood, my desired mood, and bring it to fruition such that Krishna will appear before me. I'll enter the, enter the Leela, never return. He says, Deva, Damodar, of course, Damodar refers to the Leland and refers to the, to the Lord who's bound by his devotees. That's the kind of love he wants that, that binds Krishna, not the kind of love you can find in Vaikuntha or anywhere else. And Ananta, there's no limit to that. And there's no limit, Ananta, I got means to have, he says, you have unlimited mercy, so I'm asking you. I don't really have much confidence in myself, but... I have confidence in you. You're unlimitedly merciful. Vishnu. Ananta Vishnu. Wait, he's praying for Vishnu. I thought he wanted Rajabhakti. Why is he singing the name of Vishnu? You see, he's, he's saying, and Vishnu, you're everywhere. Vishnu means he's everywhere. You're everywhere. Or he's the Lord who enters the heart, the cave of the heart. You enter the caves of Govardhan. And anywhere, you roam all over Vrindavan. You're everywhere. Everywhere you go, gracing the land of Vrindavan with your footprints. I'm in Vrindavan, writing this song. You're not far away. <laughs> You're close. So it should be easy for you to bring me in touch with you and come before me. I'm not asking much. You don't have to go very far. There's nowhere that you're not here. This Dham is not different from you. I'm staying here. I'm not budging from here. So I'm not asking much of you. Just a small thing. <laughs> Come before me. You could be just behind a tree or just in the cave at Govardhan. It's a small place. It's just a village. <laughs> Is it much to ask? I know I've been plunged in an ocean of materials, misery, and, I, and, and I'm a fallen person. Atidina, I'm too much fallen. But still, you are unlimitedly merciful. This is coming in my heart. What can I do? This is what I want. And I'm doing it the way it should be. should be done. The only way that it can be accomplished through Nams and Kirtan. This is his thinking. And, 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 and this is how to be successful. So, any question? Yes. You were mentioning how Maharaj didn't want anything. Didn't he ask for one, um, something about his father? Right, he didn't want anything, and the Shingadev kept pushing him, pushing him, and the Shingadev said, you have, to take, you have to take something. He said, okay, I'll take something for my father, not for myself. How's that? Give it to him. So he took something, but not for himself. 
Vaishnav. Bhagavan Singh said, you got to take something, you got to take something. He meant for yourself, but Prahlad was witty and he said, okay, I'll take something for my father. How's that? Okay, take it. You win. Hmm? And you have passed the test and you have set an example for all devotees for all time. Here is a landmark, hmm? like a lighthouse. Prahlad's example is standing, towering up and, sh- and shining down on us in the darkness of our our despair of, of selfishness and the shadows of our crippled, creepana, miserly life, selfless. He saw Vishnu everywhere. You see, when we're selfish, we think he's only there, therefore, close the door. He's not in here. <laughs> only in the temple will I chant. Everywhere else I can think of whatever I want, or sing any other song. Or, oh, in the temple I won't do that, because he's here. <laughs> Prahlad saw him everywhere. When we understand the universality of the object of our worship, then it will be difficult to forget him and do something unbecoming. Hmm? Yes? Maharaj, um, you're speaking in such an optimistic way that it's actually attainable, but um, it's a very high stage to have that internal official consciousness. And, um, you know, like if when devotees leave their body, um, we eat, we always say, or we often say that they went back to Godhead because maybe, you know, so many reasons others were chanting. Or even, I remember when my mother died, the priest said she went to heaven. And I thought, how can it be that easy? You know, that it's so easy, like you're making it sound, like you said, it's attainable. It's now, it's not out of reach. And, and there's so many benedictions. If you do this, you know, you'll receive this benediction. But at the same time, um, realistically, it's like, um, it take, it's a very high level, isn't it? But, you know, like, um, to think I'll be a gopi in my next life. Two or three lives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two or three. How many have you spent already? That's, a, that's also to be considered. The point is, that we should practice as if it's within reach, because it is. If we think it's not within reach, that will that will dampen our enthusiasm. At the same time, as you say, we should know that uh, it's also something worth waiting for. That it may not come overnight, but it's attainable. What's a few lifetimes? What's the difference? Should you, how should you spend this life? I say sometimes. You cannot get this in one lifetime. That's true. But in one lifetime you will. So which one? We should think, this one. Many lifetimes like that, thinking, this one I will get, then you will get. And when you think, I will get, and I'm not, I don't want anything else, try that, that's not so hard. I don't want anything, I mean, really, is there anything else worth it? What, what, what value? Think about it. If you think about it enough, you, you, you'll be convinced yourself, there's nothing else worth it. So at least do that. Don't pursue anything else. And then, when you're only pursuing this exclusively, then it won't even matter when you're going or not. You'll be satisfied with that. So come to that. So to come to nishta, that's not so hard. And when you get nishta, then ruchi will come very quickly. Nasakti will follow and so forth. So make some endeavor for some interim stage. And trinada piso therefore be humble. Whether who goes back to God, who can say? 
We asked Prabhupada Jayananda, went back to God, he said, I don't know. He might have gone to heaven, he might have gone back. That's up to Krishna. Generally, the system is, of course, that you will become pure in this life. You will attain frame. Then you take birth in Krishna Leela on earth, and then from there you undergo further training and good association and return to the uppercut, unmanifest Leela, but when the whole show becomes unmanifest. But this is the general course, and then there are... Krishna can do whatever he wants. Krishna's devotees can do Surupshapika. So, we think the best. We, what is it? Vijay Kumar's statement? First? The best first. Think the best first. <laughs> but we, at the same time, it's not like it's not like you say, devotees shouldn't think, I did this, so I'm, I'm going back to God, and I followed, I did this 16 rounds every day, and I follow these four principles, so I'm, they have to let me in. Krishna going to have to open the gates. Hey, I followed everything. I should be let in. There was a story of a fellow who, um, who was a good Catholic, and um, you might have heard the story, and every, every day he was... We went to Mass every day, and every day he gave $10. They used to, I don't know if they do it anymore, but they used to pass this thing in, you know, this usher would come, and you put your money in it, and then the next one. So he went to Mass every day, put in, in 10 bucks. And another guy used to go, like, hardly ever, and just give some change. And so the, the, the other guy, he, he passed away. And, um, and then the, the first guy who was given the 10 bucks, Every day, and you know, was a good Catholic, and was, he was a little proud of it. You know, I'm giving ten bucks every day. So anyway, he died, and then he went to the pearly gates, and he saw the other guy inside. He said, "Man, they, 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 you win! That's unbelievable." <laughs> anyway, call Peter. Let him know I'm here. It's me. And uh, so Peter comes and says, uh, "Man, I, I don't see your name in the book." He says, well, look again, Pete, you know. It's in the book. I'm the guy that gave ten bucks every day, you know. I'm in the book. He says, no, I, I, I don't see it. He says, well, look, Pete, then get God and bring him over here, you know, because there's, there's a mistake here. So God comes through the gates. He says, what's up? And this guy says, look, my name's... They say my name's not in the book. Pete says, it's not in the book. I can't find it, God. And the guy says, look, I gave ten bucks. Every day. And God says, give him his ten bucks and tell him to go to hell. <laughs> give him his ten dollars back and tell him to go to hell. <laughs> so, you know, I sold so many books. Hey, you know, I was the biggest book distributor, you know, in 19... <laughs> I should be let in. No, it's not like that. We can't buy our way in there. We can't force our way in there. It's not automatic. It's not a formula by which you will go. That's karma marg. You did the formula right, you're going to get the results. Bhakti marg is, you could do it all wrong and get the result. You could do it all right, and Krishna might withhold the result, at least for some time, to test whether you're really doing it right. You understand? Whether you really have the right mood. <laughs> so it's all about that. It's about the right um, frame of mind, the right... It's about bhakti, it's about the heart. It's not a mechanical thing. What else? Yes. Um, would you please give some examples of uh, things that would be maybe favorable 
neutral and unfavorable for a particular desired mood? Favorable, hearing and chanting, and, uh, and you know certain certain pastimes, certain names, and so forth. Favorable things like observing the Kadasi, Kartik Vrata, and so forth. Neutral things like taking care of cows and, and uh, undesirable, unfavorable things like marking the body with uh, the symbols of Vishnu. You'll end up in Vaikuntha or Dwarka. That's not good. So, those are some examples. Okay. Randing your body with the symbols of Vishnu. Is unfavorable? Oh, yeah. That's very unfavorable. Like, you know, the conch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, so in some like somebody they will, they will like brand the arm with the conch and the other one over here or something like that. Tattoo it on or something like that. That's very unfavorable. Because you, you won't go to Vrindavan like that. You'll go somewhere else. Dwarka or Vaikuntha, those mudras and so forth, so it's unfavorable, all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Just give the food, will you? That's how Krishna's thinking. Just feed me, for God's sake. What was all this stuff, you know? <laughs> so those would be, I think I see that as being unfavorable for any of the particular desired moods, but I, I wondered, like, for a particular desired mood, what would make it unfavorable for that? Hmm? For that mood. And maybe I don't understand... The it's unfavorable for... This is in relation to the 64 items of limbs of bhakti given in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. There are only a few that are singled out as being unfavorable. And they're unfavorable to rag bhakti, to any of the any of the dominant moods of Sakya, Dasya, Vatsalya, and Madhurja. There's only a couple of them, like I've mentioned. Okay. That's all. Yeah. So you look at the other items in there, and you see that some of them are neutral, some of them are favorable, some of them are directly related to promoting the mood. And whatever is neutral, whatever is favorable, whatever is directly related, they should all be given stress. So, well, you got to get a desired mood. <laughs> that takes cleansing the heart. But I became interested in. Um finding out more about, you know, existence and all that. Um, I don't think that I had really, it, I don't think it was really so much uh, an act of the will as being pulled, like I was being pulled in a certain direction. So is uh, this um, desire to um, become, you know, to come to the highest level of training, something that we desire by the will, or is it something that is like a torrent that's coming from us that is universal. You know what I'm saying? Does it come from God or does it come from us? Yeah, I mean, is it an act of the will, our will? Scriptures, sutras and all of Vedanta are very clear and everywhere throughout that the jiva has will, otherwise the mandates for following the scripture, for doing sadhana and so forth would be meaningless. They would just happen automatically. So there is some effort. The jiva is an agent of action. Jiva is like a cook. Granted, it needs ingredients to cook, but it's an agent of action. So there's some effort on that part, and then there's the mercy of Bhagwan. Both things are there. So as we become purified, which you have to make some effort, right? 
you get some attraction when you say you were seeking, but you were kind of drawn at the same time. Yeah. yeah. So there's both. You're seeking, and and there's like Bhujapad Sridharmarsh had us put together a book uh, called Search for Sri Krishna, Reality <coughs> of the Beautiful. It was a, made up of his talks. And then the devotee was putting together the book, finished it, and asked for another title. And he said, Loving Search for the Lost Servant. First book was The Search of the Jiva for Krishna, Reality of the Beautiful. The other book was The Loving Search of Krishna for the Lost Servant, something like that. So, so it's both. If you have, you see, Krishna is positive, right? He's the pusher, the purush. And when we push to be the controller, then we repel him like a two positive magnets will repel one another. But when we start to search, it means we feel incomplete. We feel we need. We're looking. We have. We're developing kind of a, a negativity and so forth. In other words, like the humility and, 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 and I feel I feel needy in a healthy way because you are needy. We're in a material world. Of, we're going through births and death. We don't know who we are, what we are, and so the the mood of searching is a kind of a negative mood, if you will. It's not a asserting oneself, I know everything, it's I don't know. And so that that mood, which is an assertion of source, but in an opposite direction, in a negative direction, that attracts the positive Krishna. It's like negative magnet attracts positive magnet. So he comes, he comes to that. He's drawn to that. So you'll feel yourself drawn, and you may feel that you're more drawn than effort you put in. Well, he's more powerful. His magnetic end is much more powerful than yeah. our magnetic end. And that's the re- that's the feeling of a devotee as he or she advances. Just like if you're, let's say you're in the forest and you've fallen in the bottom of an old dried up well, how will you get out? Someone has to come and throw you a rope, right? So if I come and I throw you, and you say, oh, I'll be down the bottom as well. So I come, I'll get a rope, I throw it to you. I say, okay, hold on to that rope now, and I'll pull you up. So when I pull you to the top, what do you think? You think, wow, you saved me. You don't think, well, I sure held on to that rope good, didn't I? <laughs> no. You did. That's true. But but what you feel is there's more coming from the other side, right? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> okay. So, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, because um, you mentioned that you were the best book distributor. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> But I was. It's true. Remember this day, the day before Thanksgiving? Oh, it was a big day, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Worked mega hours, right? Yeah, yeah. Distributed. Yeah. Yeah, without any force, without any effort, without any quotas or anything. It was just spontaneous. And that uh, was a famous day. Uh, then they started to force all those marathons. and. And all, but the first one was quite spontaneous. He stayed out long hours and and just got lost in the, in the uh, in the bliss of of such. Thank you for reminding us. And again, happy Thanksgiving, Hari Bol. <laughs>